0: prayer to Past that hell regret over my head is gone. These chains are ashes now that once were rusted on. I was a right away, now I am finally home. My mind was a ghost town haunted by yesterday, until you hand out of my grave into the found only in Jesus name
1: I am forgiven praise you for the cross Does life hit you so hard that you've been knocked down? gone too far to find the middle ground did they raise you so high just to pull you back down have you been so lost you could never be found I've
2: been... well, what if we could love the way jesus did passionately faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. A love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger. A love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question How can we love better?
3: would you please rise and join us in our first song.
4: And have a seat if you would. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, you've heard these before. If you're a visitor here, delighted that you are here this morning. If you want to get some information about 1C Church in the seat back pocket, you'll see a card that looks like this. One side will give some information to how you can connect with us and how we can connect with you how we do prayer requests, how we think about tithes and offerings. And then on the other side is in preparation for communion. This is kind of an important piece to become familiar with. It will give you an understanding of what we believe, teach, and confess about communion here at 1C Church. So there's that. On Wednesday, March the 2nd, I think is Ash Wednesday, we will have a service right here, 630 in the sanctuary, preceded by a 5.30 dinner in the multi-purpose room. So if you can work that in on that particular Wednesday, it'd be lovely to have you all here for Ash Wednesday. And finally, I think during the next song, what we do here is we, we go down the aisles and we pass these things we call joy baskets. Just a heads up so that you know that it's coming. And with that, let's jump back into worship. pray. How can it be indeed, Jesus? How can it be that you would lay down your life for me, for us, set us free? The body and the blood of Jesus that we're about to partake of, that's how it was done. Thank you so very much for the great gift of salvation. Thank you for your suffering that we might live. In Jesus' name, amen prior to coming to communion we take the time just to kind of look inside and acknowledge that yeah i'm a sinner and i'm in need of forgiveness and here at 1c we do that by doing confession corporately as a faith community so as that comes up on the screen let's confess our sins most merciful god we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he broke it, he gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he said, Take it, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is given and shed for you for the remission of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. If you're here this morning and you have the little self-contained elements, feel free to take those at any time during distribution. And as you're coming forward, there's a gluten-free option. And of course, there's juice and wine up here as well. Just let the server know what it is that you need. Звучит now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith for life, for mission and for ministry depart in peace, amen
5: let us pray Almighty God we bring our prayers to you this morning from our 1C family Comfort for Coco she gets results back, and strength as she figures out treatments for cancer. A prayer and blessing for those here in recovery, and for their continued healing and achievements. Strength and healing for Bobby, as she fights her cancer. Healing for my friend Rose from cancer, but to have her know that you are first, Lord. And please keep our American troops safe. During the Russia-Ukraine crisis. Father, please give me strength to overcome my addiction and to be strong for my family. A prayer for Bobby, Artemio, Jose, Romy, and Joey. Give them strength. Father, guide me in my sobriety and aftercare. Please keep my children safe and walk with me always. Gracious God, As we stand in your love, our fears, our sufferings, our problems don't stand a chance. There is power in your name, the name of your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
6: Hello, everybody. It's me. It's me, your lovable furry old George. Well, kids, it's time for the kids' message, so why don't you just uh come down here and have a seat on the floor? Cause George brought special guests today. Yes, come down sit.
3: Woohoo! Oh, there's a lot of kids here this morning, George. Oh, I like that. Kids, kids, I'm so excited to
6: introduce you to my friend Miss. Danielle.
3: Thanks for having me this morning,
6: George. Oh, Miss Danielle, you're so welcome. Students, kids, Miss Danielle, she teaches class on Wednesday night
3: exploration here at church. You know, George, I see some familiar faces from that class. We have Bo, we have Brandilyn, I see Grace and Josh. Whoa, what class is that, Miss Danielle? What class? I teach the fifth and sixth grade middle schoolers. Whoa, that's old kids, Them, they must They're be old. smart. They're very smart. Smart oh. like you, Miss Danielle, right? Probably smarter. Whoa! They ask a lot of good questions, Whoa. George. They are a great group to teach. They're always thinking. They have lots of great questions, and they participate in our discussions. Such great kids.
6: That's really cool, Miss Danielle. You guys, good thing you are here to help Miss Danielle, because I have big questions. Big question. Miss Danielle. Yes. My big question today is a word that we use a lot in, in church, okay? It's about the word faith. You see, Miss Danielle, George wants to have big faith. Faith that moves mountains like like I read in the Bible. But I, I, I don't think I can because of, well, be, because of. Because I only have one eyeball, that's why.
3: Oh, George, why do you think you can't have faith that moves mountains just because you only have one eyeball? Well,
6: okay, let me explain. Okay, so I was rustling around in the church office by the printer because, you know, (laughs) snacks. (laughs) And well, I, I see that Vicar Randy, he was working on something and it came out on the printer and it was called Seeing with the eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, George Monkey, you only have one eye. You can only see half of what the other monkeys see. So you can only have half of the faith that all the other monkeys can have. And I oh, mean, no. really, my friend Terry, the Tarsier monkey, will never have as much faith as that guy. He's got huge eyes. What's a Tarsier monkey? Oh, well, I brought a picture to show you. Oh, there's my friend Terry. Oh, wow. He does have some big eyes. I mean, look at that. Those are clearly the eyes of faith, if you ask me. Hmm? I'm feeling holier just looking at him. But <laughs> well, then there's me, this silly fuzzy puffball that looks really like a, more like a snack than an eyeball. I only <laughs> have one. Oh, that's me. Clearly, he has the gift of faith, and I can only have half of that. I'll never measure up to the Faith of the
3: mountains, and I just... Oh. oh, George, I think we should go to the Word of God to help us answer this question that's, of yours. It's probably a good idea. You're smart, Miss Danielle. Let's read Hebrews 11, okay. verse 1. Okay. I like your Bible. Thank you. Looks yeah. like you use it a lot. Can you read? Well, sometimes. Okay. Verse 1 says... Oh, yeah, I can read. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. Um, Not seen. Things not seen. So what what does that mean for me, Miss Danielle? Well, I think God is trying to say that faith isn't believing in what we see, but actually what we cannot see. So
6: maybe if I'm hearing you right, maybe if faith is things that you cannot see that you believe, Maybe I can have double the faith of Terry the Tarsier monkey because I have half the eyeballs he has.
3: (laughs) I have to live in faith, if if you know what I mean, because I can only see half of what y'all see. I think that's a great way to look at it, George. All of us have challenges that might limit our bodies, but God loves you just the way you are. And he will strengthen your faith by seeing with your heart, not with your actual eyes. Whoa, whoa,
6: whoa, whoa. Whoa! Did you just say I have eyeballs on my heart?
3: Not exactly. Oh, you had me until eyeballs on the heart, Miss Danielle. I don't know. George, let's try listening to Vicar Randy's message today and see if we can understand that better. For now, let's pray together and ask God to strengthen our faith in what we cannot see.
6: Yeah, that's a good plan, Miss Danielle. Man, you're a very good teacher, Miss Danielle. I wish I could come to your class on Wednesday.
3: Anyone can come to our Wednesday night explorations class. Monkeys or people, Whoa. one eye or two Nobody eyes. Nobody sent me that memo. Wednesday you, nights, we're here. You guys got snacks? We have snacks. Whoop. What kind of snacks? Candy. Whoa. We have prizes, we have art projects, Whoa. crafts. Can you eat the crafts? No, you don't eat the crafts, mm. just the candy.
6: Well, okay, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give it a try this week, I think. Sounds good. Okay. All
3: right, kids, do you want to bow your heads and let's pray? Yeah, George, let's do George, you too. Oh, of course, Miss Daniel. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. All right, repeat after me, kids. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for your gift of faith. Thank you for your gift of faith. We ask that you strengthen. We ask that you strengthen. Our faith in you. Our faith in you. And help us to learn. And Help us to learn. To see with our hearts. To see with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you on Wednesday, George. I
6: can't wait. Miss Danielle, make sure you keep some extra crafts because I'm going to be hungry. (laughs) See you soon.
4: I mean, what could could light up your Sunday even more than getting a a faith lesson from a one-eyed monkey? What a way to start Sunday. A tip of the hat to George and to Danielle. Nicely done. Okay, that's good. Yep. So here's something that you probably already know. God will at times give us wilderness experiences you know these times when when trials and hardships and difficulties they just seem to linger and day by day they just seem to dig deeper and deeper and deeper there are those kinds of never ending days when delay and discouragement and disruption are the prevailing features of all of my waking hours they are the days when the cry of the soul is simply oh God you know those days yeah seasons like this expose our hearts are we going to become hardened to these things Closing ourselves off from God, closing ourselves off from others? Or might we choose to bow before God and witness his power in us to endure this journey of faith? That's a little bit about what we're going to talk about this morning. Seeing with the eyes of faith. I had a bit of an experience with this as Jane and I were thinking about moving to Columbus from... Tucson. We were pretty sure we had the clear message from the Spirit. This is what I want you to do. There are a lot of things that preceded that, and we felt like, in our hearts, this is what we should pursue. This is our movement forward. And so we began to move in that direction. And one of the things that was so clear about moving in that direction was the purchasing of the boxes, If you've ever moved, you know that when these boxes start arriving in your house, you know something's going to change. So we began to put our things in boxes and stack them here and there around our home. And as I saw that accumulate, this faith that I thought I had about moving began to kind of teeter a little bit. It kind of became fearful. And maybe what I should do is unpack all these boxes and stay put. You know, it's, it's comfortable here. It's nice and safe here. I, I know things here. It's got a certain amount of dependability to it. But it was the faith that God put in us that propelled us forward. It's faith that God put in you, that God put in me at our baptism. And it's there. And it's operational whenever we want it to be. And so that is what finally moved us forward. So we have a choice, don't we? You can face life with fear. You can face life with faith. And we're going to look at that in our text today, which is the book of Numbers, fourth book in the Old Testament. If you're here and you've got you know, a Bible app on your phone or your tablet, or maybe you've got a, a paper copy of a Bible on your lap, feel free to go to Numbers chapter 13. And I want to start us out by reading just a handful of verses from that passage. Here's what it says. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of the fathers, you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran. According to the command of the Lord, all of them were heads of the people of Israel. Opening first three verses. We see God speaking clearly and very directly to Moses. These are the instructions. Do this. And Moses did that. He selected 12 men. He sent them out into the land of Canaan to go spy out the land and bring back a report. In verse 3, Moses chooses these guys. And they're leaders in the community; they're heads of the tribes, and so you know they, you kind of count on them to look at things on this journey, look at them accurately, you know, make some judgments, figure things out, bring back a report that tells us what's really there. And what we what we what we don't read in this passage this morning. I'm not going to read through verses 4 through 16. That gives the names of everybody and all their tribes, and those are pronunciation challenges for yours truly, so I'm not going to delve into that. But it is interesting to note that here Joshua shows up, and Moses gives Joshua a new name. He changes his name to Joshua, which means God is deliverance. And we can see later on in this message how that became really true for Joshua. So in verses 17 through 20, let's continue on. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negeb, go up into the hill country, and see what the land is. And whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether there are few or a many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, Whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land back here. Here is Moses giving the mission and the instructions. There's about six th- things there, and weather, and weather, and weather. So these guys got their instructions, they got their message, they know what to do. Now, if you look at this journey on a map of that part of the world, back when Moses and the, the children of Israel were about to enter the promised land, you will see that they're traveling from south to north. And it's roughly, I don't know, it's 240 plus miles one way. They're doing this in 40 days. They go up, they're checking things out, they turn around, they come back. 12 men, lots of time to think about things, lots of time to talk with one another, sort of process what they're seeing. And they're beginning to formulate that report that they're gonna give at the end of the trip. So the 12 12 spies return, and you'll find this in verses 25 through 32 in chapter 13. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. That's where they were camped. They brought back word to them. And to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Side note, what they showed them was this cluster of grapes that they had to put on a pole, and then two guys had to carry it on their shoulders. So, this was a huge amount of grapes. This was abundance. However, let's pause. However, what did they just say? We we came back from this land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's got grapes. It's got figs. It's got pomegranates. This is a rich land, and God wants to give it to us. However, why? Why? Why, however, wasn't it in their head that they had just witnessed God's power since they left Egypt right up to this point when they're about to enter the promised land? Had they not seen what he did to the Egyptians, to Pharaoh, to his household in Egypt? Had they not been there when the Red Sea was parted and they crossed over on dry land? When they were hungry and they were whining and complaining about not having enough to eat, wham, you know, here comes a zillion quail. Eat all you want. We're thirsty. Here's water from a rock. We're wearing these shoes. We're traveling a long way. Don't worry, your shoes won't wear out. This is God at work. This is God at work. They bring back this report, starts out good, and then they get to a however. When I read that, I I get this sense of this tipping point. You know, they're starting to tip from faith to fear. uh, However, there are strong people there. There are cities there. They're fortified. The Amalekites are there, and the Hittites are there, and the Jebusites are there and the Amorites, and then along the sea and along the Jordan, there's the Canaanites. So what they were saying was, yeah, yeah, this land looks great, but it is not for us. This is a report that is anchored in fear, and it gets the people all stirred up. Caleb gets gets an opportunity to address the people. And somehow he's able to quiet them. I, I don't know how he did that, but in some way he's able to quiet the people before he speaks. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. How about that? That's quite a different report, isn't it? Here's a man of faith. This is a different perspective. The first perspective, it's a great land, however, we go in there, we're going to get slaughtered. Caleb said, it is a great land. All the more reason to go up now and take it. We've got everything we need to do, not the least of which is God on our side. That's a report that's anchored in faith. That's this seeing with the eyes of faith, faith to move forward. But these 10, who are sort of Debbie Debbie Downers, they're they're not done with their perspective. So they, they come back and they say this. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land they had gone out to spy, saying, The land through which we have gone out to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And go on to talk about the people that were there. Sometimes you read in a commentary that these, all these different nations that, Their their names end in I-T-E-S, they they were giants, they were huge, they were frightful. And yet, Caleb says, we can do this. These guys come back and say, no, we can't, we're not able. The people that are there are stronger than we are. And if you're familiar with this text, you might know this imagery. We're like grasshoppers compared to these dudes, grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers to them, we look like grasshoppers to ourselves. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that just might be true. All of these nations, stature-wise, their physicality, they may have had it over the Israelites. You know, I don't know, 100 to 1. But they were not including God in their calculation. All they saw was this fear. These guys are big. And we have, I don't know that we can do this. That's a, that's a quick run through of chapter 13. I think it's important to touch on chapter 14 in order for this this seeing with the eyes of faith and not fear to kind of um, be well-rounded, let's say. Because in chapter 14, this is where the people rebel. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives, our little ones, they're going to become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt And they said to one another, let's choose a leader, and let's go back to Egypt. Okay. There's a fear-based solution. The weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth and the accusations. That's a curious quality when fear is kind of the driver underneath. The accusations they grumbled against Moses and Aaron and in effect against God let's get a new leader let's chuck these guys man let's get let's get back to Egypt as quick as we can that's what we need to do in verses 5 through 10 of chapter 14 talks about how Moses and Aaron they fall on their faces in front of the whole assembly and Joshua and Caleb tear their robes this is their reaction to this report falling on their faces tearing of the robes is an ancient practice of, my soul is so overcome with grief and sorrow and loss and despair this is, this is what it looks like. And you tear your robes. Caleb and Joshua Joshua, were trying to tell the people, once again, it's a remarkable land. If the Lord delights in us, he'll bring us into it. We'll have it. Only, don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear what is there. These people, these people are going to be bred for us. Their protection is going to be removed. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That was their their message to all of Israel. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So, again, that's, that's the sketch look at chapters 13 and 14. I would encourage you, if you've not read those Passages in a while in Numbers, it's a great review. And it's a great review to begin to kind of answer the question in the here and now about us. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with with a text like this? You got giants in your life? You have fears in your life? Do you have doubt in your life? Are you in a place in your life right now where God has put you that you feel just a little bit like a grasshopper? I do. I, I, as recent as Friday night and coming into Saturday, this, just this weekend, I felt like this. And it, had, it was wrapped around the studies that I'm doing, and I did an assignment, and I did it to the best of my ability, and I got the grade yesterday, and it was awful. And there were comments, and the comments were good, and they're helpful, but at the time, all I could think of was I just filled up with fear, filled up with fear, and the enemy, dig, dig, dig. Who do you think you are? What are you doing this for? You're not going to make it. That's what I'm talking about. In in my story, your story. You've got, you've got yours. I know you do. I've heard some of them. This is what a text like this has to teach us. There's this side of heaven, folks. This is it. We're going to get circumstances that fill the heart with fear until we get to heaven. And we can choose how we're going to face it. Face it with faith, face it with fear. We're going to get discouragement, we're going to get discontent, we're going to be defeated. But there is a God who delivers us through the power of faith. And that is my challenge to you and to me. Be a Caleb. Be the one who says in the face of all of that, whatever it is God has put before us, God will see us through it. Nobody does it better. Nobody. A couple years back, there was a a chorus that, I I sang this a lot when I was in college, and and you probably recognize it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yeah? My encouragement to all of us is that in faith, let's turn our eyes toward the resurrected Jesus, the one who beat sin, death, and the devil. Turn our eyes towards the resurrected Jesus, the one who has shown himself faithful over and over and over in our lives. Amen? Lord Jesus, thank you for this truth. This text says it so well. You are a God who has put faith in us, and you expect us to use it. Strengthen us, Lord, all of us that are here in this gathering space today, those who might be out there on a live stream somewhere. Oh, God, bring it to mind more and more that we can be Caleb's. We can face the giants in our lives because of who you are, and we will trust you. Amen. Darla, are you there? I'm here. Okay. I have been told that at the first service, I was in the light, you were in the shadows. So you have to come and stand right here. A little more. That's it. Oh, my blinds We're moving. We're moving. Very good. And that you have to put the mic right there.
7: Well, I'm usually accused of speaking too loud. I don't Uh usually need a microphone.
4: Tell us a little bit about who you are, Youth and Families for Christ. Tie it into the Beyond Our Walls funds and how it is helping those people who might be living in fear rather than faith.
7: Okay, um, 24 years ago, we started uh, Youth for Christ, and we've evolved into Youth and Family for Christ to reach families as well as the kids. And uh, during between the services, I need to tell you that I've retired from there, but I haven't retired from evangelism. So I want (laughs) to give a plug for my wow Bible studies that I have here at 1C. You can check them out. Anyway, (laughs) that's the next chapter of my life. Um, At at Youth for Christ, we want to reach the lost kids. And uh, people ask, how do you do that? Well, I can't just hang a sign out there on the outside and say, okay, lost kids, come here. (laughs) Because we want to share Jesus. Mm -hmm. And So we had people who would refer kids to us, and we started uh, these crisis prevention classes, and they're free. And so we have schools and doctors and families that send their kids for anger management classes, uh, suicide prevention. We even have an alternative school at at our facility for kids who are expelled from school or suspended. Uh, We don't want any kids to fall through the cracks. And our mission is to try to see life through their eyes. They can't see the eyes of faith when they have all this guck in front of them. And we live in, they call it uncertain times. Um, Yes, it's uncertain. And our kids are seeing that they're lonely. uh, They're fearful. Uh, We have a society um, that's really in trouble. (laughs) They're, they're really stirred up about lots of issues, and the kids are trying to see this and trying to resolve it. And so we want to come alongside them and offer these crisis prevention classes, but our main goal is to introduce them to Jesus, and then so they can see faith through those eyes, and there's hope for them.
4: Very good. And there was a way, there, there's a story about a washer and a dryer, okay? So... I'm curious about that. And, you know, you got these funds at a time when COVID was shutting things down. And uh, how did how did um, what the 1C family did? How did it help you just push forward?
7: uh, First of all, it was such an encouragement, you know, to have a church come alongside what you're doing, Um, but the the two years were tough and through kids' eyes. Oh, my gosh, they, they couldn't come to a youth group. They couldn't go to the Y. They didn't go to school. And they were kind of like prisoners in their home. And during those two years, Youth and Families for Christ was only closed for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They were open the rest of the time. A lot of the time was cleaning and sanitizing, and then kids would come in and, and you'd clean and sanitize more. But uh, they stayed open and reached out to those kids. One week, they took four, at least 400 packages to kids' homes. Uh, they had Zoom classes and everything. I mean, it didn't quit. Uh, during the two years to keep encouraging them, and you. Once he helped with Bibles, we want every kid to have a Bible of their own, um, and we have books for suicide prevention. We want to start where they're at to be able to lead them to Jesus, and then the washer and dryer. Twenty-four years, and they wait till I retire. Uh, we we have 520 kids that come to our facility every week all year long. And we use every inch of our place, if you can imagine. But the laundry, we would have to take all these towels and rags and mops and all this home to wash them. And we did that 24 years. Now we've got a washer and a dryer and some plumbing to get that going. I, wow, we did a dance when we got that. So <laughs> we just want to thank you for, for the support that Beyond Your Walls just really helped us get through and reached a lot of kids.
4: Yeah, thank you for being here with us, and thank you for the work that you and the others are doing. Great mission! Thanks.
7: Uh
3: Please stand and join us for our final song of the day. Let's worship.
8: Secure, don't know that everything will be all right. The whole world's in his hands, your whole world's in his hands. In the darkness and the trials, he's faithful and he is true. The whole world's in his hands. You told us, yeah. You say everything's gonna be alright, but my circumstances say I won't last through the night. I need your you word to hold me now, need you, need you to pull me through. I need, I a, miracle through. I need a, a miracle, a breakthrough. I need you. They say you hold the whole universe in your hand, but my world's falling apart like it is made of sand. Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith, you believe you are on my side. Open my eyes to see you working in my life Let the past remind me you'd never fail And tell my soul it is well, it is well. Oh, Y va a estar bien Everything will be alright The whole world's in his hands Your whole world's in his hands In the darkness, in the trials He's faithful and he's true Your whole world's in his hands estar bien. Everything, oh oh, 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 oh. Everything, will be, everything
1: alright. be alright. Oh, oh, oh.
8: oh. Yeah. Solo va a estar bien. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. No, everything, everything will be alright. alright. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Yo, Padre, te confieso a corazón abierto. Todo es muy incierto en este desierto Mi vulnerabilidad está al descubierto Siento que mi barca está muy lejos de su puerto ¿Por qué será que ya no sale el sol en mis días? ¿Por qué mis noches son tan frías? ¿Por qué será que siento que me falta algo? ¿Por qué este camino gris se siente tan largo? Sé que está sobrando aunque no te sienta Sé que está sobrando aunque no te vea Sé que voy a salir de esta odisea Sé i voy a ganar esta pelea, sé I'm going to win this war. i know ti yo I'm going to win this war. I'm in to i it's true, your whole world's in his hands. It's all I started again. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. Todo el mundo en su mano está. Todo el mundo en su mano está. Todo el mundo en su mano está.
5: verdict
0: was
1: guilty case closed the end no chance for me to ever leave this prison of my sin now i know it might sound crazy but one day a key unlocked that cell i heard a small voice say your debt's been paid by somebody else and now i'm walking walking Perfect, I still stumble every single day. I still get knocked down, but the difference now is that's not where I stay. Cause I got a savior who knows everywhere I've been, and he's telling me. To the
0: one with regret,
1: look up and see your victory is just up ahead. Because there is a Savior who knows everywhere you've been, and he's telling you that you're next. Brand new beginning No room for a king No celebration and no ceremony In that little town No nobody think. This is the story of the coming glory Can you hear Can you feel the hope that's rushing in? Can you hear the song that's echoing? Join with the choir as we sing. This is where love truly begins. For God is with us.
0: are getting real jesus take the wheel only way i'm getting to the other side days are getting dark life's a little hard blinding but i'm trying not to lose sight i don't got this i know you got this yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'll believe it before i see it yeah, yeah, yeah i know you're gonna see me through it if anybody can you can do it god i know when they're drowning the and you're gonna see me through it You're gonna see